0: The following material contains adult language and mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Danger, Will Robinson. The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. Midweek edition. Pinball is a game of skill. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. It's time for the Pinball Show. It's Pinball with Personality. Hey everyone and thank you for joining me again on the Pinball Show midweek edition. Hope you are all well, I am of course your host Craig Bobby, and for the next 30 minutes or so we will continue our chat about the topics and happenings in the world of pinball, occasionally we'll have a guest along for the ride, and hopefully we'll have a little fun along the way. So if that sounds fun to you, well what are we waiting for? Let's get started! So last week, we had the annual Chicago Pinball Expo take place, which because of COVID, like everything else, they couldn't do an in-person event. So rather than cancel it, the organizers took up the lofty goal of going with a virtual expo. And I have to say, like Zach and Dennis, I think they got this mostly right. I mean... They had some great presenters and presentations. You know, some some of it was live and some of it was taped. And I thought all in all, the content was actually pretty damn good considering it was the first time they'd actually attempted this. Of course, they had... Some technical issues like happens whenever you do um, an event like this and when you have the Internet involved. But I thought the community being both manufacturers like Stern and hobbyists and collectors and podcasters and streamers, I thought everyone did a really great job of rallying around this virtual expo and I gotta think they the organizers have to be pretty damn happy with this all in all as well I mean despite the fact that expo was a complete bust from a financial perspective I think they really made lemonade out of lemons here and as the saying goes so I'd really encourage you guys to have a peek at this. You can find it on, on their uh, the Expo Facebook page or on Twitch or on YouTube. I believe they posted some of the videos there as well. And drift through some of the sessions that they were posting um, because they were really wide ranging in topics. They were everything from podcasting to manufacturing to artists displaying their goods to virtual tours of pinball museums, and the list goes on and on, to general discussions, to designers talking about what they do. So, you know, I thought the, the topics were really broad, as you might expect, from any kind of a convention like this. And I think, all in all, they were pretty darn good. My favorite, my personal favorite, after watching an hour or three of these things, was the virtual tour that they did from a couple of pinball lo- locations over in Europe, I believe it was in Spain. One from a museum that had everything from jukeboxes and slot machines to pinball machines going way back to the early 1900s right through to the modern age. Um, And then they also took you through a mostly pinball only location that had uh, continued on with with the pinball machines Um, that had some just crazy titles through the decades that that originated over in Europe that you've probably never even seen or heard before. And I I just thought, wow. You can really see the influence of this mostly American-based phenomena of pinball as it spread throughout the world, um, through all the decades, right up to the to the modern age, so I thought it was just excellent, and it was quite interesting to see you know hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of titles that you've never heard before, but took their influence, of course, from the American-made machines, many of them, and and they showed other stuff too that used different materials, like some of the back boxes where they had sort of a 3D effect, and they had. Um, a lot of glass accents and mirrored accents uh, up front and then there was a Another piece of art in the back and it sort of had uh, further back within the box so there was some depth to the actual art it almost had took on a 3d effect anyway you get the idea is very cool and I highly recommend you check that out the other thing that I really appreciated which um, which I hadn't yet to see cuz I would never been there before was their virtual tour of the Stern factory that they did both with Steve Ritchie um, Quickly, because because they showed basically a stop motion of him basically touring the entire factory uh, uh, fast forward, and of course a slower tour, um, a more complete tour with Jack Danger. Although they didn't show you all the different parts of the of the factory, and all I kept thinking though, as um, as Jack Danger and uh, and Steve Ritchie were walking around this plant was. Holy fuck. If you didn't think these fucking pinball machines were complicated, you got you got to watch this because You know, boy, did I feel like I was getting my money worth when I saw, you know, people doing braided wire shit and, you know, measuring all the little mechs as they come in from God knows where they're getting these things from all the other vendors and uh, putting the machines to the guy who is testing every machine as it came off the line to see if it worked. And, you know, on and on and on the different steps that it takes to build one of these machines, you really got an appreciation for how much hands-on craftsmanship goes into each and every one of these pinball machines. Of course, there's some automation in all this, but so much of it has to be assembled by hand. Uh, and all, and the other thing I kept thinking was, well, good luck, Deep Root. <laughs> I mean, good luck! <laughs> now, of course, Stern isn't all, obviously the only pinball manufacturer out there, and they they are the biggest by by a huge magnitude but man or you know i was just in awe at how big that place and a part of me you know kind of didn't want to see it in some ways it's like it's like walking into either a fast food place or um, you know, a high-end restaurant, I don't want to see how the chef is making th- their designs in the back. I, I don't want to see that because it kind of takes the mystery out of everything in some ways, you know. So a part of me, you know, the child in me is like going, ah, I, don't, I don't want to see this. I, I don't want to see, I don't want to see, you know, whereas, you know, the adult in me is like, oh, this is so cool. I got to see how this thing's all put together and how they do everything, so you know, I was I was going back and forth. The, the other thing that I uh, I thought of as I was watching Jack Jack Danger uh, walk through the plant was I want everybody in that plant to go half the speed that they are going right now, because. I don't want any quality problems with my particular machine, <laughs> so I felt like screaming out, "Slow down, everybody! Slow down!" And the other part, the other half of me is going, "Fucking get going! I want my machine as fast as possible." Why is why am I not seeing people on this machine, or why am I not seeing more people building things as he's walking through? Anyway, so it was it was very funny. I I thought it, it was just quite eye opening though to see all the different steps that these guys go through to build these machines and get them out the door and just seeing all of the cabinets lined up in, in different stages of production and the playfields all, all lined up as they, as they come down the line. Unbelievable. Interesting as well when they got to one area of the plant that they didn't show us, which was I believe what they were calling the playfield coating area where I'm assuming they either the area where they actually put the art on the play field and they stamp it on the play field, or where they're actually doing some in-house coding to that play field once it's been fully printed. So I thought that was very interesting that they weren't completely showing us how they make the Cadbury chocolate bar. <laughs> they held some stuff back and clearly they didn't show us all of their little secrets. But wow, what a place, and you really got a sense of how much is going on in the Stern world. And what a magnificent palace Gary Stern and co have built. The other thing I'm going to quickly comment on, uh, and this isn't new, but I'd never tried it before, since I was in the virtual world, I decided to go check out the surrogate.tv website that allows you to play a live pinball machine across the internet. So what happens is you sign up online and then you are shown a bunch of different games that you can play online that range from slot car racing to uh, Robot Wars to these pinball machines. And I believe they had Oktoberfest and Batman 66 that you could play. So you, you choose your game and I chose Batman 66 at first. It shows how many people are waiting in line and you wait. You know last night when I logged on there was like two people there so I waited like two minutes, and then I started to play my game. And I gotta say, the technology is really cool. I mean, you're shown the play field if you've never done it before. But unfortunately, the lag is so bad to control the flippers that it's almost not playable. I mean, almost. Basically, when that ball gets not even halfway down the play field, so I'd say as the ball is coming just past the pop bumpers as it's dropping out of the, um, out of your plunge, you got to get on the flipper, like right? That's how bad it is. So it, it's, you can't really trap up. You can't do all the things that you're used to doing in a pinball machine. But it's cool. You know, it's it's cool to try it for a couple minutes and you play a game. And, and I have to say, after playing one game, I didn't really have a great desire to do it again, although I did. And it's kind of the same thing. I was like, eh, not for me, but super cool. And I can see one day as the technology improves, geez, that might actually be kind of doable that you could play these things Um, remotely like this and actually get not a bad experience if they can just improve the lag on this somehow through technology and I don't know how either through um, you know, better internet speeds or or just better electronics on the actual machines themselves. They are gonna they have something here. But very cool that they decided to undertake this and do it as a little bit of an experiment. And the website is very neat as well to navigate through. So definitely worth checking out. With the website, again, being surrogate.tv. So I also want to touch on uh, a little news item that I had brought up during the pinball show this week, which is a rumor of a potential Harry Potter title that came about through a chat after the making of the Beatles documentary during the virtual expo. And our friend Orbital Albert has spied the licensor extraordinaire Joe Kamenkao Putting out a little Easter egg after he was asked what their next licensed title was going to be, Joe replied, we definitely have something up our sleeve that you think you will enjoy. I'm paraphrasing there, but basically it was, we have something up our sleeve. Which led everyone, and I think, you know, probably pretty rightly so, to make the leap that this could be a sign that Joe is working on a potential Magic title, that being the much sought after and extreme fan favorite title of Harry Potter. Now, Harry Potter has, of course, millions and millions and millions of fans all over the world of all different ages. This title for pinball would be, I would say, and I'm not a huge fan of Harry Potter, I'd like to say up front, but I acknowledge that this is probably one of a handful of what I would call holy grail licenses for pinball these are the titles that people want most and that people are clamoring for and would be probably the most sought after not only by pinball collectors but probably collectors and hobbyists who are just fans of the harry potter franchise much like guns and roses anyway so joe makes the reference it brings up some interesting thoughts about licenses and getting access to licenses, I think we saw a great example during the reveal of GNR where Eric Minier was explaining how they got the license or how they got access to the license of Live and Let Die that was, of course, held jointly probably by Paul McCartney, and maybe he was the majority license owner. That was a block in terms of Eric being able to use this in this title. And uh, of course, it took Slash to call Paul McCartney in about 10 minutes and have a discussion and get approval to use that game something like that I think is gonna have to occur with this Harry Potter license as rumor has it JK Rowling I don't know if she's not a fan of pinball or she's just not not one to sort of roll out licensing for what maybe she considers a, a, a frivolous thing as pinball who knows anyway there's a bit of a block there And uh, it'll be just interesting to see how much Joe Cow or how far he can go with this license and how much access they're going to be able to get should he be able to secure it. Of course, getting a license like Harry Potter, I would argue, is far more complicated than getting a song license because we're talking about all sorts of different assets as as has been explained in the past, everything from images to actors, sign-offs, to the author, which is J.K. Rowling, her, her sign-offs, music rights, the list goes on and on. You know, so they can be very complicated, I think, and very expensive, I'm sure, in order to secure these things. And as Zach and Dennis were, you know, arguing or talking about, I, I'm, I'm wondering out loud, too, how necessary is it for them to get complete access versus partial access in order to present a title that is ex- still extremely fun and worthwhile playing, I think Jurassic Park is a perfect example of that, of where they've got partway there, but there wasn't a lot of actor involvement. Uh, I think there was only one, and that was Wayne Knight, who played Dennis Neardry. And that was kind of about it. And then you had the T-Rex and a few of the dinosaurs and the logo. They didn't even get licensed to use that the brand on, on the Jeep. Anyway, this is all old news, but it does sort of... Um, And there was certainly a lot of outcry about this when the title was first revealed, especially for fans of the title who were crying that they didn't have everything. Now, did it stop, though, that game from being extremely successful and popular to this day? Absolutely not. And I think once the fervor calmed down, everyone realized that, shit, this thing's actually great. It won Game of the Year in 2019, good luck trying to find or order yourself a jurassic premium or even a pro these days you're going to be waiting for months because people again recognize that you know what this title is actually pretty fucking good and we're i'm going to order it and i don't care if jeff goldblum or any of the other characters who uh who people know and recognize from that movie aren't in it and so i I wonder, and I believe it was Dennis who was saying, no matter kind of what they get, I think there's going to be people that are always going to criticize it and be down on it. So I just wonder at the end of the day, how necessary is it? I mean, of course, they've got to get some some of the licenses or they can't even get off the ground, ground with it. But... You know, like a Star Wars, I think is a great example where they kind of got most of the way there, but it just wasn't executed at the at the end of the day very very well, at least in my opinion. Um, so it wasn't appealing to those hardcore Star Wars fans, in my opinion, um, as well as it could. You could point a little bit to the design of that title, but I but I point more to how they actually used the assets and licenses that they had effectively to bring together or to sort of make it a little more all-encompassing. And that all-important description, theme integration. There wasn't enough theme integration of Star Wars into that pinball machine. So you actually felt like you were in that world. And if anything, it felt way too complicated, like the, the, the interface and anyway, we're not gonna go into a Star Wars review here, but I think that's a great example again, of, a, of a, the, the downside of a company getting a license and not necessarily utilizing it to the best of its potential. But anyway, just to finish all that off, I think Harry Potter would make a hell of a license and certainly would bring a ton of fresh eyes to the world of pinball. I think it could be nothing but positive, so I wish Cam and Cow and Co. all the luck in the world and come on, JK, cough up the goods and give us the license. The other point I wanted to make is sometimes when you're trying to get a license it seems to me that you just need that secret ingredient or that key to that license and I think in the case of the GNR example it was Slash I mean he had the keys to that live and let die song I don't know if other people could have called Paul up and had that same discussion it seemed like Slash may have been one of only you know two or three people on the planet that could have actually called him directly and said, hey, Paul, and obviously had, from what it sounds like in, in, in the Straight Down the Middle documentary, a fairly quick discussion about getting access to that license. Here's what I have going on in my head when Slash calls Paul. The phone's ringing, and Paul picks it up. Hello, and Slash's like, hey, Paul. He's like, yeah, who's this? it's slash man what's going on how are you doing oh slash how the fuck are you man it's been a while yeah you good good yeah i'm good man Where are where are you calling from i'm i'm in the states man oh really he's like where are you um oh, i'm in the bahamas <laughs> oh the bahamas i love it yeah it's all right you know we're on an island it's all right it's not the 70s but what the fuck you know you do what you got to do man slash like, yeah, i hear you man here it's like hey so what's happening what can i do for you Sash so like, well, you know, I'm, i I, I don't know if you heard, I'm doing a pinball machine. He's like, oh, pinball, yeah, pinball. We love the pinball. They did a pinball for us. They did a pinball for the Beatles, you know, man. Sash is like, <laughs> yeah, I know, Paul, I know. It was, it was okay, you know. What do you mean okay? I thought it was pretty good. We got love me do. I love a little love me do. I said give me love me do. The problem was. I said, put them all in. They gave me ten fucking songs. They were half fucking finished. I was like, what the fuck? And they were like, dude, we thought you said put them. You, We can only have half. I said, no, man. I said, don't go half ass. I didn't say don't put half the fucking songs in. They didn't actually put Love Me Do in the game, Paul. Oh, they didn't? That's the problem. People don't communicate. You know what I'm saying, Slash? They don't communicate anymore. Back in my day... John knew how to communicate. We all knew how to communicate. While Ringo, he just said play the fucking drums. But... (laughs) And then Sasha's like, yeah, yeah, Paul, I know, I know. But listen, listen, listen. I'm working with this company called Jersey Jack. Jack? Jack who? It's Jersey Jack. I don't even... Yeah, well, whatever, man. It sounds good. And there's like... You know that song that we collaborated on, Living the Die." Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, man. I love that song. He's like, well... We got some problems with the lawyers. They're not letting our designer over here get access to that song. Get fucked. I say you can have... Now I'm turning Scottish. See, this is the problem. I can't I can't hold it, right? You know where I'm going with this. He's like, <laughs> they're not giving you the whole thing. Give me my lawyer. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Zach Many put me up to this. I'm blaming Zach. I, I, I got to think that they had a very fun, fun conversation. And Paul was like, do what you want. I mean, Jesus, it's not about the money. And it's not about the money. It's about helping a friend at the end of the day. It's about having some fun. And these artists, they just want to know they're getting recognition and that they're getting appreciation and that their art is frankly being used in a positive way and not in a way to degrade or goes against what they had envisioned for this thing, which I'm sure when they did that Live and Let Die, Paul McCartney's not thinking that's that's going to be a great fucking song in a pinball machine one day. He's like, no, if my songs and my art are going to get used, I want them to be used in a way that's progressive, brings happiness to people, that's going to be cool, that's going to be good for the particular hobby or interest that's, be, that's using it for. And of course, that has to be positive. Yeah, I want to get compensated for it and I want to get recognition. and I. But I don't want the fucking hassle of it. I don't want this to come back and bite me in the ass one day because my song is associated with something that's sexy they're demeaning or you know all that stuff and i think having a friend in slash for paul probably paved the way he's like yep do it i trust you have fun tell me what it's like man when it comes out send me a fucking game i'd love pinball it's the best i'll send you a beatles if you could send me a gnr slash like i played a paul it's okay it's not it's not my thing (laughs) Woo! have a good one man talk to you later Uh, I love the Beatles. Don't, Slash, don't put the Beatles down. What the hell? I'm sure Slash likes the Beatles too. This is just me and my wacky, my wacky ways. You get the point. So he was the key to that. And I wonder if something similar could be done with JK. Because clearly it's not about the money. I mean, the woman has, you know, billions. (laughs) So it ain't about the money at that point. It's really about getting to her and understanding what the roadblocks truly are and and you know the reality is we may never know you know we may never know but if anybody can find out i gotta think it's a guy like joe i'm putting my money on camacao Well, speaking of licenses and theme integration in pinball machines, the pinball world's most recent release happens to be from one of the world's most popular bands, Guns N' Roses, of course. And I thought, as usual, when a new game comes out, that we would have our resident Lil Flipper have a look and give us her opinion in a segment that we like to call Lil Flipper's Strong Takes.
1: Hello. Hi, my name's Mia. I'm a kid that plays pinball. My dad sometimes likes to call me his little flipper. I'm not sure I love that, but I do love giving my opinion on new pinball machines. Please don't be offended as I am just giving my honest opinion on what I am seeing. My dad says that honesty hurts sometimes and that knowing is half the battle. Whatever that means. Anyway, I hope you like my new segment called Little Flipper Strong Takes. <laughs>
0: Alright, so we are back here with Little Flipper looking at Jersey Jack's Guns N' Roses. How's it going today, Little Flipper? Great. So we're just about to look at the reveal video for Guns N' Roses here. Do you know what Guns N' Roses is?
1: Yes, I do. You've been talking about it a lot. It's a rock band, I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah, have you ever heard any of your music?
1: Um, yes. I've heard like one or two songs.
0: Do you know the name of any of the songs?
1: I think one of them's like, Welcome to the Jungle.
0: All right, so let's take a look at the reveal video now and give us your impressions as you watch this. From Jersey Jack mm-hmm. in the most dangerous band on the planet.
1: Wow. There's a lot of lights.
0: And become the you were born to be. Oh.
1: Wow. There's like skulls. There's a lot going on on the play field. There's very cool stuff inside, like little guitars or little hats and roses. This is very cool.
0: So what did you think about that whole video?
1: There was definitely a lot of lights and a lot of action going on, so it was pretty cool. It's really interesting to look at and I love the backboard. There's a lot of colors, which really good, and I like the purple for the collector's edition. Yeah, the red one's super cool because it has all, like, the little pictures on the side, so I really like the red one.
0: Those are the concert posters.
1: The standard edition is pretty cool, too, but I would prefer, I think, the limited edition. Why do you always bite your lip when this music plays?
0: Because I'm ridiculously excited. Now we're going to watch the Straight Down the Middle video to let you see more of the gameplay.
1: This looks cool the yeah. end. It looks like heart monitor thing. Pinball going all around. Jersey Jack. This looks cool, there's a bunch of roses and a gun. Yeah, this one's very cool. Oh wow, there's a big tank. Right wow. There. This is v- a lot, a lot of lights, it's very cool. A lot of detail. Wow, there's like a big hat. The backboard's very cool too. There's a little disc record. Wow, this video looks very long. It's like 20 minutes. Oh, this is the multi-ball. Wow, that's a really good light show there. Actually, I've heard this song a lot. Did not know it was from Guns N' Roses. This is super cool. There's a lot of lights and that's like, overall, it's really good. It just repeats a lot of stuff. Hey Dad, I got a few questions for you. Has GNR recorded anything I would know in the last decade?
0: Get me here, Minier, I need to call Slash.
1: Have you ever played in a rock band? Why is it called GNR and not G-A-R? Are you going to use my college fund money to buy this pinball machine?
0: Only if it's my dream theme.
1: Dad, when you played pinball as a kid, did you take a horse and leg into the arcade?
0: I'm not answering that.
1: Welcome to the
0: Well, thanks for joining us today, little flipper. What do you think of this GNR? Is it a buy or is it a sell?
1: I would buy it if you're a good collector.
0: Whoa. Yeah. Did you feel like in watching it, it was like watching a concert? Did you feel like you were in the concert?
1: Not really.
0: Have you ever been to a concert before? Nope. If you could go to a concert, any concert, which concert would you go to?
1: Hmm, maybe Ava Max.
0: Who the heck is Ava Max?
1: You listen to her all the time. <laughs> I do not. Then why do you have all her songs? <laughs> oh, no.
0: Okay. Well, thanks, little Flipper, for taking the time to review this game with us. Always insightful to chat with you, and look forward to the next time we see a new release to get your opinion. We'll chat soon.
1: Welcome! (laughs) Thank you, and bye. That's all, folks.
0: Well, that about wraps it up for episode 15. We thank you very much for listening and hope you enjoyed yourself. We'll be back next week, as usual, to talk about the various events and happenings in the world of pinball. But until then, I'm Craig Bobby. Catch you on the flip side.